All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well. We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 15 of the Biohacker Babes podcast today. We are going to be doing things a little bit differently and we really just wanted to talk with you all about some real life experiences and all about the topic of avoiding exercise and really just too much stress and activity when we're either sick or we're injured. So you maybe notice in my voice, if you've been listening to a lot of episodes, I am still recovering from a cold last week. So why not talk about this today? It's perfect. So what we're really talking about today is how to take a step back from you know your exercise program, your busy lifestyle to rest and recover when we're sick or injured. I know this can be really difficult for people that love going to the gym. I'm with you on that. It is so hard to skip my routine when I'm not feeling well, but 
you have to do it. It's so worth it. Um, I think it's so necessary and often overlooked. So that's why we wanted to dive into it today. And if you haven't listened to episode four, all about recovery, please go back and listen to that because we really go into the details of you know, the science of why we need to recover and then our favorite like tips and hacks on how to do that. So definitely check out that episode. And I also thought it was an appropriate topic because September is Self-Care Awareness Month. You maybe have seen this around. Yeah. So, I mean, we should be taking care of ourselves every month, right? But this is the month of awareness. (laughs) Um, So you might start seeing some more articles and news stories around all about this. But really what's going on is people today are so, you know, I think overstimulated, we're stressed, we're exhausted, we're trying to push through because that's what society has told us to do. You know, there's a Starbucks on every corner. So it's like, why not just grab that cup of coffee and keep going and work whatever, you know, 80 hours a week or whatever you need to do to get by. So the definition of self-care is actually that it means to consciously take responsibility for meeting your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs. So it's all encompassing there. So it's, it's actually the deliberate act of spending time engaging in the things and self-care activities that nourish you. So it's not just maybe taking off from things, but it's also adding more recovery activities. This is so important. And I think this is a paradigm shift, right, Lauren? I mean... Yeah. I don't remember this being a thing even a few years ago. And I think it's kind of like been thrown in everyone's faces and maybe it's a little obnoxious. Everyone's like, eh, self-care. It can feel a little bit selfish in its act, but I love that there's such an emphasis on this because it's so important. Yeah. And and I think maybe the movement is a little bit of like our generation. Um, sometimes I'm embarrassed to say I'm a millennial, but we are. But I think there is a movement from this generation to have like a work-life balance, to really take care of ourselves. You know, meditation is like the new, you know, gym activity. Like everyone does yeah. it, right? 10 years ago, you were like weird if you meditated. Absolutely. No, super normal. So, and I think like the baby boomer generation maybe looks at millennials as lazy. I think we sometimes get that label. Of course, there are some lazy people, but I think overall, we just, we want to experience life differently. We want that balance of working on ourselves, taking care of our bodies, you know, maybe traveling and seeing the world, you know, it's not all about work, work, work. Um, And I love this movement. And so the new thing is, you know, it's not about working harder, longer, and faster anymore. That is old news. You know, we want to be able to slow down to speed up. That's like my favorite quote I heard years ago. Um, This business consultant was saying how, you know, when you're growing a business, sometimes you have to actually slow down before you can speed up, right? Otherwise you'll just run yourself into the ground. And I think we can apply that to our personal care as well, right? You're going to be more productive and happy if you're actually slowing down and taking care of yourself first. Welcome to the episode. (laughs) Amazing. Renee, you don't sound run down, not one bit that I think oh. you're on fire right now. That was like a <laughs> keynote speech. So <laughs> my brain is still working. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for that ultra, um, introduction. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally on board with this. I just to tack onto that meditation thing I've noticed in the last five years, I remember I used to say, Oh, I have to go meditate. And I'll be kind of like meek about it. Cause I didn't know how people would respond now when I'm like, Oh, I need to go. I need to go meditate. People are like, yep. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I think I was almost embarrassed before. I'd be like, I'm going to go lay down. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Just now I'm straight up nap. And even that is like a little bit judged, but now yeah. people totally understand the importance of it. Yeah. And I think we'll get into this when we talk about the tips for self-care, but I think the number one factor that you have to consider with self-care is finding your own balance and being really honest with yourself because it's going to be different for everyone. And you have to figure out how to really tune into your body, which we really talked about in the recovery episode and figuring out what self-care really means to you. It doesn't just mean checking out. It does mean taking responsibility. I love that you said that, Renee. And that is like the ability to respond to your body. So you're tuning in and listening to what your body needs. It's not just checking out. It's not just like self-care. I'm going to lay on the couch and rest because that's what my body needs. Maybe that's not what it needs. Maybe it is. I'm not sure. But the honesty with yourself is number one. No, I was just going to say, I think that's great. You know, again, right. Everyone is different. It's all about that bio individuality. You know, for me, when I'm run down, like I, I probably sleep like 10 hours a night versus maybe someone else, seven hours of sleep is like their recovery, you know? So just, yeah, I love that you said, be honest with yourself. Yeah. And get out of the habit of comparing yourself to other people. Definitely. So we sort of had the idea to have this like real talk episode because Renee was feeling a little run down with her immune system in this last week. And I am currently dealing with an injury, which is such a bummer to me because I'm super active, obviously, and I really like working out. And I also rely on my body for my profession. So to be in Wicked on Broadway, there's no avoiding it. I need my body to be fully functioning. We wanted to talk about our frustrations surrounding that and how we deal with that when that stuff comes up because we're human. We're all human. And no matter what we do to take care of ourselves, sometimes shit is going to happen, right? So then what do you do when that stuff comes up? How do you bounce back? How do you not get down on yourself? How do you not sort of spiral? How do you get back on track when your body really is ready? Uh, We just want to open up this conversation because I've had a lot of people, I mean, I, I get this from clients all the time, but even more recently, clients and friends saying, oh, I really need to work out even though I'm so tired or this hurts, like, but I, I have to go to the gym. Like, I can't miss my workout. I, I just, I don't even know what to say to that. I take such a big pause because I go, why? Why do you need to work out when your body is not in an optimal state? So that's a huge question that you really have to like sit by yourself with yourself and ask yourself why that is such a necessity in that moment. What are you really, truly going to get out of that workout if you push yourself to a place that it's not, that's not healthy or safe? So we're just opening up the conversation, some real talk, and we'll, we'll talk about some things we've learned. Yeah. That's so interesting about the gym thing. Cause it reminds me of a quote. I heard a doctor say once he said, exercise is what you do when you're healthy. Like I will always remember that quote. I mean, I think you can look at that in different ways. Well, I mean, that's ex- tricky because exercise builds your immune system. Right. right, right. It's it's that it's finding the right balance of that. Yeah. Do you? I mean, and it's sort of like. What, I'm sorry, we're both so excited to talk. <laughs> it's sort of like what we talked about in the alcohol episode about that, like uh, U-shaped relationship. Like a little oh, bit yeah. of alcohol, depending on your genetics and the quality, can be helpful. But you turn the corner, and suddenly it will be negative. Exercise is the same. It has that U-shaped relationship where it does stimulate your immune system, but at some point. If you are overtraining and overexerting, it is going to turn a sharp corner and you are going to start experiencing very negative effects of this, well, what should be a very positive thing for your body. So yes, you should exercise when you're healthy, but it's such a fine line 
on both sides. It's right. kind of a gray area when you get to that midpoint where you turn either curve. Exactly. Yeah. So let's jump into a couple more tips for self-care. So number one, sleep. I mean, gosh, we talk about that all the time. Um, you have to get the rest. You can't push through and avoid that. You know, sleep is where all the healing happens. So whether we're talking about, you know, an immune function issue, you have a cold or flu, you know, sleep is going to repair that, but also a physical injury. A lot of that repair is going to happen when we're sleeping because we have, you know, human growth hormone and other hormones functioning through the night. So you cannot bypass sleep. Number one for me. Yep. Also stress management, right? Again, like I said, everyone's stressed out all the time. You have to find what works for you, whether it's meditation, some kind of mindfulness practice, some deep breathing, prayer, gratitude journal, you know, whatever works best for you, you got to incorporate something like that. Diet. I mean, of course, diet's important every day, but like the second, I mean, at least for me, the second I feel run down, I mean, it is strict 100%. Like my go tos for when your body isn't functioning optimally is absolutely no sugar, caffeine, or alcohol. Like those have to go immediately. Those are, I don't know, maybe they're like luxury foods and drinks, you know, like when you're feeling really good, you can tolerate a little bit of that. But like when we're run down, cut it out. Also, similar to similar to exercising when you're healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Your body can handle it more. Yeah. Um, I also find that increasing like easy to digest vegetables is helpful. So not necessarily like a raw salad that's like loaded with fiber and actually some foods that are hard to break down. I find, you know, some cooked steamed veggies, maybe a smoothie, maybe a green juice. Um, all of those are easy way easy ways to get nutrients in your body without expending more energy through the digestive tract. And then on top of this, you could even fast. I think, Lauren, do you remember the the saying? I think it's like feed a cold fat, starve a flu. What was that old saying? No idea what you're talking about. No? I'll have to look that up. Something like that. But But it was the idea of when you're actually supposed to nourish your body versus fasting. So I think more of like a flu or viral thing, they say fasting is better. And then versus a cold, you maybe want to do more, you know, the bone broth, the ch- the idea of like the chicken noodle soup, if we weren't all intolerant to gluten, <laughs> but the idea of just getting extra nutrients in. Right. Because a flu is very taxing on your system. Your body is working so hard to recover from that. So to add food that you have to digest, which is also stressful because it requires energy to break down food. You don't want to add more energy what's the word I'm thinking of? Expenditure. Expenditure to your body when it's working so hard to get better. So yeah, I don't remember that acronym, but that's, I've definitely have had a a lot of personal experience with that. When I have the flu, which it's been a very long time, but do not want to eat. Yeah. I mean, I think your appetite is naturally reduced. It's like your body's protective mechanism. Yeah. Also just about the sugar. I know it's really common when people are not feeling well to crave comfort foods because you get that neurotransmitter release, like the dopamine, the serotonin, like those feel good chemicals that are going to make you, you know, mentally, emotionally feel better. But you really, really want to try hard to avoid those things because they're not going to help your immune system stay strong and fight off whatever you're trying to fight off. I find that's really common. People get sick and they just go like whatever their childhood favorite food was like grilled cheese or mac and cheese, pasta. Hmm, I I don't even know. Lots of things, but that craving, I think this is more than ever, that is the time to really try to avoid that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, next up, I would say to get into nature. I mean, the our earth is so healing for us. We need to take advantage of that. So things like 
you know, forest bathing where you're walking through the forest, grounding, which is really just getting your feet on the ground, you know, find some grass or sand, dirt, whatever, get your feet into the ground. Like you'll get these amazing healing benefits. And I mean, you'll feel better instantly with that. So take advantage of that. That's a free hack. And then the ground is so energetically charged and it just feels good. If you can get some fresh air, I know it's hard in New York, but like walk over to the Hudson river. There's so much grass and green area where you can just throw your shoes off and hang out for a minute. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then I I don't want to be redundant here. I kind of said, you know, the right type of exercise, just a reminder, things like maybe yin yoga. So don't go to like Bikram and sweat your butt off there while sweating is good, but like nothing too strenuous, you know, walking, stretching. I do think it's important to get that movement, right? It's like that U-shaped curve again. So you don't want to just lay on the couch because the lymphatic system is not going to function if you're just laying on the couch all day. And let me back up. If you're not familiar with how the lymphatic system works, um, it's a huge part of our immune system, but different than the cardiovascular system that has the heart to pump blood through, the lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. So if you're laying on the couch, it's just laying there with you. So things like you know jumping on a trampoline, even walking, um, you do stimulate that a little bit. There's some other hacks for that, but you've got to get that Skin pumping yeah, skin brushing is amazing. Yeah, so those are some- Yeah, sometimes just like jumping around, doing some jumping jacks can help if you don't have a rebounder at home, which most people do not. But just getting that heart rate up just a little bit. Yeah, and then I would say my final thing is more like the fancy recovery hacks. You know, we talk about these a lot, you know, acupuncture, stem cell therapy, which Lauren, I know you've been playing with. Um, and then cryotherapy, you know, depending on how you feel, you might want to take advantage of some of the, these more advanced hacks for recovery. Awesome. So I think a lot of this stuff is more geared towards immune health. So I just want to chime in about injury stuff. So if you are injured and you think you can still go to the gym because you can just avoid one body part, remember that your body really is a complex system that works together. There's a lot of synchronicity. And if you think that your shoulder is injured, but you can still go to the gym and do, you know, jump squats, some hit training, like do everything that doesn't, I'll just like leave my shoulder out of it. It's not quite so easy because your body is recruiting. If you're doing full body movements, especially HIIT training, you are recruiting muscles throughout your entire body. And it's really, really hard to isolate unless you're sitting on a machine doing uh, you know, leg presses, leg curls, stuff like that. Again, number one, just be honest with yourself. And if you think you're just sort of like isolating something and avoiding just really make sure that that is the smartest thing for you because honestly, if you get hurt, a couple of weeks off from physical exercise is not going to ruin you for life. Just like when you're sick, if you take time off, your body is not going to change that drastically that you can't get it back. I know it's frustrating, but it's temporary. It will pass. Yeah. I don't think you would even really see results. If I mean, again, more, more immune function, I guess, but like if you're working out sick, you know, how, how, how great are your results going to be? So just take the time off. Yeah. I, I mean, I think from what I've heard from other people is that it's mostly just a mental component. Like you are, you're kind of addicted to the workout, right? People yeah. don't want to yeah. stop because they have seen results. And so then they, they correlate this action of going to the gym and they think that if they stop, then everything's going to fall to pieces, but your body's going to take care of you no matter what. I understand no one wants to fall off the wagon, but you're going to get right back on it if you do the right things to take care of your body. 
blah, 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 blah. You guys have heard this stuff, but I, <laughs> I just, I think it's so pervasive. It's really still affecting a lot of people. And I think a lot of us are sort of like a little messed up in the brain about it. And it, I think it's always worth the conversation just to sort of say, um, on topic, how this makes you hotter. We've talked about working out versus working in before. So if you're working out, where like you're breathing really heavy, sweating, working hard, like producing that stress response that we know that happens when you exercise. That's just triggering stress in your body. So we kind of already talked about this before, but you don't want to add stress to your body because that's going to age you. It's going to break you down. So that working out versus working in, you have to find the balance between the two. Renee talked about yin yoga, walking, stretching as compared in relation to like a harder workout. What is that balance between in and out for you that is not going to, going to produce an additional stress response? Because we need all of the power that we can take when, uh, when we're sick or when we're injured. And then the debate controversy. Also, we kind of talked about this, but if you feel an illness coming on, if you feel an injury coming on, should you proceed with your normal activities? And again, the number one question is for you to just tune in and ask yourself, like, is this really going to make me better? Is this truly what I need? I think a lot of us can answer that question for ourselves. We just don't usually want to hear the answer. So you have to just accept the answer because you don't want to go in the opposite direction. So a lot of people say, like, if you are experiencing something from the neck up, like a cold, maybe you could tolerate some exercise, right? And then if it's neck down flu, which is really taxing for the body, you probably want to do more on the resting, working inside. That's a pretty easy one. Just be honest with yourself. Get the sleep, get the recovery, get a little bit of motion, a little bit of mobility, a little bit of uh, heart rate pumping to get that lymphatic flow that can help you, but really know your limit. I remember just to jump to like personal experience, I felt a flu coming on when I was like teaching a ton of classes and doing a lot of privates and I was trying to record this travel video for a client and I had a deadline, like I had to finish it by the end of the day, but I felt this flu coming on. Like I could just feel all of the energy just draining out of my body so quickly, but I had a deadline. I was like, I have to finish this and I had to be physically active in the video. I just remember like pushing through that and like every oh, second I just felt I felt it getting worse and worse and worse. Oh. And then I had like one of the worst flus of my life. I think I was sick for like, sick and like laid up on the couch for 10 days. And I really think it's because of that initial onset that I pushed through it. Hmm. So for me yeah. personally, if I feel something coming on, I have to stop immediately. Like that initial movement and just getting some blood flow is not helpful to me. It may be helpful to other people, but... Um, I know that definitely sets me back. So speaking of personal experience, Renee, talk about your last week and uh, what you learned. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I think I jinxed myself because on our aura ring episode, I talked about how I haven't been sick in a year thanks to my aura ring. And like, yeah, but that was a great run. You did really well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had a great year. I felt really good. So over the years, like anytime I do get sick or run down, like I personally always want to figure out what did I do? What did I change that maybe brought that on? Because I want to use it as a learning lesson so it doesn't happen again. So I have to say, not to sound like a crazy cat mom, but the past two weeks I have not slept well. I can tell you that 
by how I feel. I can tell you that by my aura ring, sleep score, and readiness score, because my two cats have been fighting like maniacs. And it's unfortunately made me have to have one of the cats in our bedroom. And she like walks on me when I'm sleeping. She meows at 2 a.m., 4 a.m., 6 a.m. Like it's the most annoying thing ever. I love her to death, but I'm not sleeping well. So anyways, I think my ring was warning me all week. It was like sleep wasn't ideal again, but you'll be okay. And it kept getting worse every day. And I was still going to Orange Theory, doing my normal workout, working full time, whatever. And and then Thursday, I just, I felt off. I'm like, eh, maybe I just need like a cup of coffee. I'll push through, fine. And then I woke up Friday morning, sore throat, congestion. I was like, ah, ah, that sucks. <laughs> like totally hit me, you know, a hundred percent with a cold. So fortunately I had an easier work day. So I think I took two naps that day, like in between clients, I would but I mean, the benefit of working um, at home virtually, like in between clients, I was going up to my bedroom and taking a nap. And I mean, I would fall asleep instantly. And like, I would wake up, I'd feel a little bit better. I also started downing all my immune stuff. So I always have like an emergency immune kit at home. So things like vitamin C, zinc, quercetin, all my mushrooms, colloidal silver, even a little bit of like L-glutamine, um, echinacea, elderberry. I mean, these things are just magical. So I start loading up on those. And then I also rushed out to the store to buy Umka. It's like a homeopathic cold remedy. People are familiar with that. I think it's amazing. It's supposed to shorten the duration of a cold. And I, I think it does. It doesn't really help the first couple of days for me, but like I'm feeling, I actually feel really good today. I think I don't sound my best, but I actually feel really good this morning. So I think the Umka helps. Is that uh, a homeopathic? It is. That yeah. name, where did they get that from? Umka. Yeah, Umka. I don't even, I guess that's how you say it. Uh, it's <laughs> U-M-C-K-A. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, uh, I think it's magical. So, I mean, I just immediately load up on that because I think like the average cold they say is like seven to 10 days, right? For most people. So I'm like, I'm going to beat this thing in five days. <laughs> and I think I usually do as long so as I load up on all that. <laughs> Always. Yeah. And so I'll put some links, I guess, in the show notes to like my top couple supplements that I think are always good to have on hand. So I want to know now if you had to pick one or two of these of that long list, what would it be? At the moment, I would say my top three are probably um, Designs for Health makes a vitamin C like fizzy powder that you just add to water, but it has vitamin C, quercetin. uh, I think it has one other ingredient. I'm blanking on it right now. But like, I can just feel the energy shift immediately when I drink that. And one teaspoon is a thousand milligrams of vitamin C. So uh, be careful. That can be a lot of vitamin C for some people. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I'll split the dose into like 500 in the morning, 500 in the evening. So that's a really good one. And then Immunitone by Designs for Health again. Can you tell I like them? (laughs) Um, And that one has like astragalus, echinacea, elderberry, some mushrooms, um, so it's like a really good combination in one capsule. And then my last one I would say is um, I have like an olive leaf extract blend. So again, it has a couple other ingredients, but it's like a ton of olive leaf. I think maybe like 500 milligrams in one capsule. Um, so that's great for more like the antiviral stuff. Yeah. So there there you go. Those are my top three. Oh gosh. I sort of, <laughs> you kind of lost me because that still sounded like so much. Oh, I guess because I take advantage of things being in combination. 
Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they work synergistically and I'm like, if I'm going to take a capsule, I'm going to get, you know, the biggest bang for my buck. Yeah. And I think it's really important that you mentioned that you take it right at onset, right? Like you already have it at home, your emergency kit, because if you took that right. stuff like 12 hours later, it probably wouldn't be as potent, right? Right, right. And I think most of the research on vitamin C, zinc, echinacea, and elderberry, those are like, you know, the top immune things. I think most of the research is when taken in like the first couple hours of the onset, it does shorten the duration and symptoms of the cold versus if you take it on day two, doesn't really have a big effect. So take advantage of the time frame. Awesome. Yeah. So if you're someone that like runs to your doctor immediately and has like Z-Pack on speed dial, no, I would consider taking these supplements instead because you're really destroying your immune system and you're just making it harder and harder for yourself. So yeah, the more you do that, the longer, I think the longer you're going to fight it and then more often you're going to get sick, like reoccurring. Yeah. I see that a lot. It's like the same people just constantly are getting sick and it it does. It gets every time. Like, why would you do that to yourself? So you're really depressing your immune system. You're not recruiting those antibodies, those natural killer cells that you have within you to fight off infection or um, whatever else you're dealing with. So let your body heal you. And then all of these natural supplements that are found in nature are at our disposal, you can take in your, I love that, your emergency immune kit. Yeah. So maybe we can all get them at home for ourselves because it's great to take Right. Yeah. Well. And you're right. I, I do see on like Facebook and social media, you know, some people are like, ah, oh, 12th sinus infection this year. Like, oh, geez, you know, things wow. like, you have to wonder what they're using. So yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I think they're probably missing out on a lot of rest and recovery, probably not getting good sleep. And yeah, I guarantee they're like running to an antibiotic. So Lauren, did you want to add anything else to like what you've been dealing with, with your injury? Yeah. So I have a work-related injury. I won't go into the details, but um, I've been in a lot of pain. And so it's set me back from like my normal, not all of my normal workouts, but I do like to run on occasion. And I haven't done that in months now because it's not going to make me better. So I was really bummed about that at first because running really can be meditative and really freeing. And it, you know, it was nice to be outside in the summer, but I had to cut that out because I knew it wasn't going to provide a benefit. So I have found other ways to get my heart rate up, but I also really know deep down that if I cut one thing out that I love, that it's not going to ruin my body. And I think the second that maybe I doubt that or that my brain goes to, oh, you know, my body's going to change or I'm going to gain weight, then I really focus on the nutrition side because that's such a huge component. We all know that. So I just like really kick up the nutrition and I kick up the recovery because I love the recovery stuff. And I think most of us don't get enough recovery because we're spending so much time working out. We've talked about that a ton. So I've really found a lot of enjoyment in doing all of these recovery hacks. And yeah, should I talk about all of them? <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> well, I think a lot of them are probably in our recovery episode, right? Unless there's anything yeah. different you want to add. Yeah. So I started taking peptides for, um, it's my ankle. So these are amino acids that can be injected into your body and they work systemically. So when they're put into your body, they sort of go where they need to go and they're rebuilding muscle tissue, tendons, ligaments, 
we could do another episode on this, but they have been extremely helpful to me. I've been using my red light like crazy to help with that inflammatory process. And I feel that immediately, like six minutes with my leg on top of that thing. I can just, it's crazy. I feel the energy. Like there's a sizzle in there. Like there's healing happening like right before my eyes, which is really awesome. The amp coil, which has been cool. I've been doing like the detox protocols to pull any like metabolic waste products from the inflammation out. And same thing. I can, like the more that I tune into that, I can really feel that shifting inside my body. And you know what? I'm not taking any anti-inflammatories. And I've had a lot of people tell me that I should do it just to speed up the healing process. And I refuse. I I don't want to do it. One, it kind of messes with my stomach. But two, I don't want a false sense of this healing process. I don't want to shut down the pain receptors because pain is your number one signal that something's going on. So yes, I may experience a little more pain than someone that's taking ibuprofen, but I want to know what's happening. Right. I think it's pretty dangerous to shut off that pain and then maybe you're going to do something that's going to hurt you and you don't know what's happening. But also it shuts off the inflammation and you need inflammation to heal. What about like natural anti-inflammatories like curcumin or proteolytic enzymes? Are you taking anything like that? Um, I am taking some enzymes. I'm not taking curcumin because I actually have a slight allergy to it. Oh, oh my gosh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that like to curry as well or just the curcumin extract? Well, it was sort of on my food allergy test. It said curcumin and turmeric, but it was, Mm. it wasn't a high, it wasn't a red alert for that. So I, I don't avoid it in food completely, but I have avoided taking it in supplement form just because it's much more potent. Right. Right. Oh yeah. 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 So that's kind of a bummer, but I'm doing all those other things. I, and I think the red light amp coil peptides enzymes are, are going to overpower their curcumin anyways. So, Oh yeah, definitely. And I love what you said about the stem cells and peptides. And I promise we will have an episode maybe in the next couple of weeks or months all about stem cells and peptides. So if you have any questions, you can go ahead and send those to us. Yeah. Uh, other things have been sort of uh, toying with ice versus heat. There's a lot of thought out there in Chinese medicine that if you ice the body, you sort of shut down the blood flow and you can create some trauma in there. So I have been trying to do mostly heat, but because I'm in a show every night and I do need to speed up that recovery a little bit and at least keep the swelling down, I have been doing a little bit of ice. Uh, I, I do an ice bath. So I just like submerge my entire leg into a bucket. It's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds cold. But also like really staying mobile. So I think it's so easy to go in one direction or the other, like in the extreme to either go, I'm injured, but I'm still going to do all these things because I want to work out. Or you can go the other way, like and lay on the couch. You're like, I'm injured. I can't do anything. And I'm just trying to find that sweet spot for my body where I, I, I stay mobile and get the blood flow. And that involves a lot of stretching and I'm moving a lot, but obviously I'm avoiding the things that I know are, are going to negatively impact my body. Yeah. I think you'll overcome it really quickly. Yeah. You're doing all the And you know stuff. what? In these like two to three months I've been dealing with this and that I've like cut out high intensity training and running, my body hasn't changed. So That's amazing. Uh, I'm sorry if you're sitting there going, oh, but like you always look like that. That's not true. Like I work really hard for my body, but I have found other ways around my normal routine 
like more recovery, more nutrition, and I'm a corrective exercise specialist. So I have a little more knowledge about how to adapt my workouts so I can still get something <laughs> yeah. out of that. But yeah, that's uh, cheating. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to have more of a conversation on that, get in touch with me. I think the biggest takeaway we want you guys to have is that if you have one of these setbacks, sit with yourself, close your eyes and really ask yourself if working out is going to help you or hurt you. I think your gut is going to advise you in the best way possible. Definitely. All right. Favorite hacks. We talked about a lot of them already. We'll just add in a few extra here at the end. Renee, what else did you Yeah, I would just say my favorite hack is going to be a sauna. So maybe far infrared or near infrared, um, getting the benefits there. I have to say, since moving to Vegas, I don't have one really easily accessible. So I really miss it. And like this past week, I've been just craving to get in a sauna. So I think that's great, you know, just to, it's kind of like a working in thing, right? You're just sitting there relaxing, but you're sweating and detoxing. Your metabolism is getting boosted. There's so many benefits. And I think something really interesting is there. I don't, I don't think that anyone is still doing this, but for a while, and you can actually like Google this if you want to learn more about it, but these doctors were treating people for cancer by actually injecting, um, different, like I think bacteria and viruses, I think even syphilis to be specific, they were injecting that into the patient and then it was causing the patient to have a fever, like a natural fever. And they would fast the patient and the patient would just, you know, have the fever, be sweating, be detoxing, be fasting. And through that reaction, they were actually seeing benefits in curing the cancer. So the point of me saying that is just how sometimes we just have to step back and let our bodies do it, do its own thing. You know, a fever is not always a bad thing. It's the body's natural process. Obviously if it gets too high, that's a whole other story, but if it's controlled and you can get the benefit, um, or even if you don't have a fever, just go in a sauna, right? You're getting a lot of the same benefit there. Maybe they didn't have far infrared saunas back then, <laughs> but interesting story. <laughs> yeah, so interesting. Saunas, top of my list as well. I was going to say that uh, infrared sauna. I mean, I try to do dry sauna too. I think it's good to combine the two, especially mm. if you can't get a low EMF infrared sauna because you're getting a lot of radiation from some right. of those infrared. I really enjoy the sweating. There's so many benefits. Like Renee said, I really like the heat shock protein. So that's actually triggering like a stress response in your body. So it's like that point where your body gets like a little uncomfortable is where you start to uh, experience benefit from the sweating. Same as exercise. It's right at that point where you're like, I can't do anymore. This is really not fun and it's uncomfortable. That's where you're getting a positive response. So you do want to stress your body out just a little bit. And that's what I really like about the sauna. I actually really don't like sweating very much. I, I get really like kind of <laughs> gross out by it. But um, I try to just like close my eyes and do a little meditation in there. It's really going to help with blood flow and inflammation, especially in the infrared. And then I love to jump out and get in a cold shower. So I'm getting, I'm doubly getting that like hormetic stressor of the, the heat shock proteins and then the cold exposure a lot of healing effects there. I think use back to back. Yeah. And for the sauna, if anyone is actually interested in buying one, you can 
so like totally affordable to put, just put one in your house. If you have the space, I don't have space in my one bedroom apartment at the moment, but we're building a house and I can't wait to put a sauna in the basement. I'm so excited, but two really good ones are clear light sauna and then sunlighten just because mm-hmm. I know they're like low EMF. They can do full spectrum infrared and there's some other benefits. So I'll link to both of those. If anyone wants to invest in that, I think it's probably one of the best investments you can do for yourself as far as health goes. Yeah. If you could just like suspend a sauna in that empty space over your balcony, just in the middle of your living room would be perfect. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can, can you have all that, that out? That airspace. I know it's like dead space. <laughs> you can just oh. levitate in the middle of your living room. <laughs> perfect. So, well, that's funny. We both had sauna on our favorite hacks and I'll just add amp coil. I know I talked about that a little bit before. It's a a Tesla technology coil with neurofeedback and it's changing the vibration of your body back to its uh, ideal state. So finding homeostasis by getting your body back to the naturally vibrating frequencies of the body. There's a lot of healing benefits in this, especially when you have injuries or pretty serious illnesses. There's a lot of people that have great benefits from this, but I'm using it specifically for my injury right now. And I am still dancing on it every night because I'm in the show, but I think this is really preventing it from getting so much worse. So we will talk more about the amp coil and about peptides in future episodes because we love them both so much. What else? Yeah. I don't know. Just to revisit We just want everyone to really, again, have the conversation with yourself. I know it's really hard to avoid exercise if you love it and have seen benefit from it, but be honest with yourself. I'm going to say that a thousand times over. Anything else, Renee? No, I think that's great. Yep. Just listen to your body. Take that time to sleep and recover. And yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah. And if you need any more specific advice or if you're feeling kind of anxious in those moments, reach out to us. We'll help you out. We'll put all of our favorite supplements and hacks in the show notes and a few articles just for some additional research. Thank you so much for coming to Real Talk. We'll have to do more of these in the future. Yeah. So we are human, you know, things happen. (laughs) So thanks for supporting us. We really appreciate it. And we will talk to you next time. See you next time love this episode of the biohacker babes podcast head over to apple podcast to subscribe rate and leave a review we truly appreciate your support until then happy biohacking